Welcome to Paul Mort Talk Shit. Curious fellow, but I like him. Paul Mort Talk Shit. Paul Mort Talk Shit. Paul Mort Talk Shit. He's a shady character. What's his name? Wow, 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 wow. I have just had my head melted by someone who uh, I got a little bit starstruck and a little bit emotional about this guy you were interviewing today. Mr. Jeff Thompson is a an enigma, a phenomenon that not enough people know about because he's busy doing the fucking work. Uh, this guy's first book, Watch My Back, um, I read in when I was 21. So 2001, I read this book, which is ridiculous. 19 years ago, <laughs> crazy. And then he's another book that he's written, which is amazing. It's called Warrior. And this book in 2014, when I was at my lowest point, had a big impact on me. But then I read it again last year and it had an even bigger impact on me. So trust me, when I say this next two hours spent with this guy um, will be the best two hours of your day. Uh, I'm almost going to guarantee it. If it doesn't, you can send me a nasty message on Instagram, Facebook, or email. Um, speaking of which, this episode of the podcast is sponsored by HempHeroes.ie for your premium organic CBD oils, capsules, protein powder, vape liquids, and bombs. Head on over to um, HempHeroes on Instagram. Also sponsoring the podcast today is my company, The Amped Group Massaged Gun, where you can find that at, um, by the way, this thing is the best massage gun on the planet, bar none. Head on over to theampedgroup.co.uk or uh, go on my Instagram and use the link in the bio. Um, trust me when I say, if you've got aches and pains, shoulder, neck, back pain, uh, this is the massage gun for you. Trust me on that. And <laughs> you're going to fucking love this podcast. I'm excited for you. Have it. Enjoy it. Have it. Have it. Let's go. Send it. All right. Uh, we're back again. I am here. I'm Listen... I very rarely get um, mega excited about people that I've interviewed, and I've interviewed some uh, pretty fucking cool people, as you know. But today, uh, this guy is mad. I first read his book 20 years ago, his first book 20 years ago, which is mad. Um, and his book, Warrior, is one of my favorite ever books, and I've recommended it to hundreds of people. And the reason I've got this guy on today is because his message is so powerful and it's impacted me so much, and I'm like, more people need to find out who uh, this guy is. So without further ado, uh, welcome to Mr. Jeff Thompson. Thanks, Paul. Thank you. Mate, I'm so excited, you know. Oh, thanks for I'm traveling so... all the way down here to, to talk to me. Hey, mate, my pleasure. I feel like I don't get starstruck and I've interviewed famous people and I'm interviewing you. It's just because I feel like I've known you forever. Because you've read the books, yeah. It's because I've read the book and I know your whole yeah. story. So I'm not going to ask you to tell your story too much because I want to get straight into yeah. what you love to do, which is serve people. Yeah. Um. So the first question I've got for you is, so a bit left field this. Why do you think men these days, because my audience mainly men, seem to be so fucked? I think it's because they can't express themselves properly. I can only speak from my own perspective. Yes. <clears throat> when I was younger, to admit that you was afraid, to admit to admit that you were feeling fear, even when I was doing karate mm-hmm. way back in the 70s, mm-hmm. You know, I, I felt like I was the only person in the room that was terrified. And I'd ask other people, if when I felt a bit brave, I said, how do you feel? Do you feel a bit nervous? And they would just say no. Mm-hmm. So you, And they lied, obviously, but I just thought, it's just me. And that's what fear likes. Fear is an energy. If you imagine thought and fear 
this negative, uh, the, the, in Judaism they call it the Sita Akra, this negative energy is a real force like gravity. And it works through people. And it wants you to feel like it's on. It's a real force. It's not like a, an allegory or a metaphor. Mm-hmm. It wants you to feel like you're on your own. It wants you to feel like you're the only person who feels like this. You're the only person who does this to yourself, these little secret things we do to ourselves in private, the little things that we're ashamed of, mm-hmm. the little things that we don't even really do, that they're done by our conditioning or yeah. they're done by this energy that enters us yeah. and takes over us. Yeah. So we don't want to talk about it. Because yeah. when we talk, if we talk about it, it brings shame. Yeah. The same energy moves in and devours us with shame. It feeds on shame. It feeds on um, denial. It feeds on anger. It feels on feeds especially on dissonance. You know, confusion. It feeds on feeds on any negative energy. Yeah. I think um, Eckhart Tolle called it the the pain body, and and there's a world pain body. So there's a general force that works through people who are, who are on a vibration. Mm-hmm. So if you have a, a low vibration or if you have a, a dissonance or a fear or you've been injured when you're young, it will find that vibration and just use you as a vessel and it will work and it will pick up your natural key or yeah. chi yeah. and it will create mayhem in the world and leave you to pick the shit up. We don't talk about it because we don't understand it and we're, we're told by this inner subtle voice mm-hmm. that if we talk about it, people will... Um, Haters will become lepers, will be kicked out of the tribe. It feels like death. Yeah. That's what it feels like. Yeah. So this force is very real. Yeah. But it's also ordained. When you talk about God, mm-hmm. which I talk about a lot, as an omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent force. Yeah. So it's all things. Yeah. When we talk about God, um, we're talking about the fact that it includes everything. Yeah. It includes good and bad. Yeah. It includes light and dark. Mm-hmm. But if we can find this um this center point, mm-hmm. the the, uh, the the Dante end. If we can find the center point within us, <clears throat> where these forces meet, you know, like in the in the um, uh, the Yin Yang sign, yes, where you've got the dark and the light. Yes. you've got a line down the center. Yeah, that's that's the middle point. So if we can find that point, we can blend the two energies, and it's no longer dark and light. Yeah. But while we believe in the dark, it will be a dark energy, and it will work through it work through us yeah. with any pornography, yeah. any excess, yeah. you know, from, from the very basic innocent gossip where we slaughter people over our coffee, mm-hmm. you know, to the bits where we get out of the car and hoof people's heads in. You know? mm-hmm. I used to kick people's teeth out mm-hmm. and then I'd wait for them to come around and I'd knock them out again mm-hmm. and feel good about it afterwards because yeah. I'm, I'm fucking, you know, I'm Robin Hood, aren't I? Yeah. You know? But you don't realise that this energy is working through your ignorance yeah. and coming out, and it's creating karma in a world of causation, and we've got to pick the shit up from that. Mate, my head's fallen off already. And the worst thing, <laughs> the, the, the worst thing, Paul, the worst thing, this is what upset me, this is the worst thing, is that we don't know it, people like me and you, Yeah. Um, but our wife is afraid of us. Mm. Our children are afraid of us. Broke my heart when I, when I realised that. My friends were afraid of me. They were all buying me drinks and like drinks on the bar like winners' cups, yeah. patting me on the back because I just kicked someone's teeth out. Yeah. And they said, it's okay, he's a bully. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and, and you realise later, you don't realise at the time because you're looking through the eyes of, a, of a, an engorged ego. Yeah. And this energy is inside you. Yeah. And you've got no autonomy. You've got yeah. no, you know... Because anytime anybody kicks off or slights you, you just lamp them. So uh, you start to realise that 
that your wife's afraid of you. Yeah. And that's, oh, it's heartbreaking. That's a very, yeah. It's heartbreaking. And that's a very real thing. I'm thinking about it now and I'm like, I think I have an amazing relationship with my wife and kids. Yeah. But, and that doesn't mean she might not be physically scared of you. My wife, for example, 2014, I was suicidal. She probably has a fear at some level that I'm going to end up yeah. back there. In fact, I can say with 100% certainty that she does have that fear. Yeah, of course she does. Because she'll notice me doing things with <clears> me, like, <throat> stop fucking doing that. She'll, she'll know when I haven't meditated. Yeah. But you need to fucking go meditate now. <laughs> if, you haven't got, if you haven't got autonomy, Paul, yeah. if you don't know who you are, yeah. if you don't know who your authentic self is, yeah. of course she won't trust you. Yeah. And it might be subtle, but yeah. you won't trust you. Yeah. I didn't trust myself. Yeah. I didn't trust my own hands in the dark. Yeah. You know, I abused myself. I sexually abused myself. Yeah. I abused other people when I thumped them. Yeah. But I didn't just thump them. You know, I was, I was, a, um, you know, they said I was a knockout merchant, but really yeah. I was a bully. Yeah. You know, you were a very violent man, right? I was hugely violent, but I was like I am now. I was sensitive. I was tall. I was skinny. Yeah. I was balding. I was, I was quite <laughs> articulate. Everybody in the world wanted to fight me. Mm-hmm. I remember saying to Sharon, Coventry's so violent. Mm. Everywhere I go, there's, <laughs> Mm. there's violence and she yeah it's yeah there's a common denominator yeah it's everywhere you go yeah and you know this is this is a I, I say this to a lot of people as well i think that's the case with we get a lot of people complaining about negative people mm. and i'm like listen not every and then you've got this whole personal development or cut all the toxic people out of your life i'm like there's a common denominator here and that's yeah. that's you isn't it have a look around you what's yeah. a, what is it what is it that surrounds you yeah if you're surrounded by damage it's just an immediate projection from your own center. Yeah. <clears throat> Some immediate projection of your perceptions. Yes. Your cognitions, uh, your, um, you know, your precepts, your rules, yeah. Yeah. your conceptualization. Yeah. I mean, all the energy basically is neutral yeah. until we give it a concept. When we give it a concept, it creates a form. When it creates a form as an aspect. Mm-hmm. So it's like this person is uh, violent, Mm-hmm. Uh, which means he's dangerous and means he's a threat to me. So you've given you've give you've give a, a neutral energy yeah. form yeah. Um, and aspect. Yeah. But if I'm able to stay in my very center, if I'm able to stay in the center, um, I'll, I'm able to dissolve that concept, yes. and, and it's no longer a violent person. It's just an unstable energy yeah. that I can take in and and create an article with it. Yes, or, or I can do a talk. Yeah. Um, or I can just sit there and let it disappear into the into the magic bowl. This is in, in Japanese Aikido. They call this the magic bowl. Mm-hmm. You often hear about the Buddha belly. Mm-hmm. But they talk about the magic bowl, which is here, mm-hmm. which is the center, the dantian. It's just under the navel. So this is like uh, our singularity. Mm-hmm. This is the very center of our our own mandala of our own reality. So. Um, Everything that we have that comes out of it, all your prolific and impressive workload will come from that centre, from here. When I punched, it's like, boom, there. Yeah, yeah. When I punched... It it's was, funny that, because that's where you experience things like anxiety there as well. Yeah, and you, ex- you experience yeah. excitement there. Yeah, the Christ resides there, the Christ energy. So if okay. you think about Christ less as a person, yeah. and more, as, more as an energy. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Christ energy resides there. I have actually seen it. I physically saw it in a sound bath. When it rose out of my, I didn't know what it was at the time. Yeah. It rose out of my. In a what did he say, Jeff? In a sound bath. I had a sound bath. What does that mean? Basically, you lie down and, and you have a, a shaman will do lots of specific sounds, you know, drums. Oh, I've rattles. seen, I've done yeah. one where it was like a gong thing. Yeah. And um, I was me- it was a meditation and this gong kept going off. Yeah. And yeah. it was f- fucking phenomenal. Yeah, well, the sound, the sound moves stuff in you. It breaks any 
uh, any obscurations off their moorings and you were able to see them, mm -hmm. the good and the bad. Mm -hmm. And I was in this sound meditation. I was lying there. I had a few things happen to me, but Christ rose out of my stomach with the crown of thorns, everything, and he, and he rose up and he just looked at me like that and then he went back down again. But he had to come out of quite a lot of fat, quite a lot of bile, quite yeah. a lot of negativity that was stored there. Yeah. And, of course, it was an allegory again. I don't, I don't see Christ as a person. I was just going to say, are you a religious man, Jeff? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, well, you, oh, yeah. But you know what religion means? You believe in all religions, I think, right? But religion just means to be aligned. It just comes from the word religare. It means to be aligned. You're religious. You're, you are aligned to serving people. Mm. So you're religious. What we, mix, we, we mix up religion and dogma. Dogma is when we say... This is the only way to yes. get to this energy. Yes. Religion says if you were, if I put a plug in the wall and connect to the mains electric, yeah. uh, that line and that plug is religious. It's aligned. Mm. So we need to be aligned. So when I'm, if I'm, a, if my thoughts and my words and my deeds are aligned to goodness, then I'm religious. If my thoughts and words and deeds are, are, are aligned to uh, hatred, yeah. like Hitler or Stalin. Yeah then I'm religious as well, but, but I'm religious from a dark place. Yeah. So religion, the, the core word means reconnect, religare. Yeah. So, so it's course, almost that religion, all these different perceived religions, if you like, or, or just a way, but yeah. they try and say that they're yeah. the way. Is that what you're but, saying? But they all say, they all, everyone... This every, is the way. Everyone I've studied said, yeah, of course, this is the only way. Yes. The others are all wrong. Yeah. But when you've, when you've hit a peak moment... Yeah. When you've had an expansion of consciousness, of course, you know that's nonsense because when you're there, a Buddha, um, you know, a Krishna, a Christ, a Muhammad, they're no different from each other. Mm. They're all, all of those are conceptualized forms that enable cultures to access a natural energy that's everywhere. Mm. And it's in every moat. Mm -hmm. Every moat of dust has consciousness. Every cell in the body, and there are trillions, have consciousness. They are beings. Not just as in, uh, you know, it's a living cell. They are beings. They are conscious beings. I've seen this as well. I was shown this in an epiphany where I saw everything. Everything was, um, everything was a living being, and it was in me, my shower cubicle, the water coming from the shower, um, the taps, my mobile phone, um, you know, the house. Everything, everything is built from the same cells as me. And everything has consciousness. So even even this will speak to me if I if I want to if I want to find consciousness through this word. It's built of the same things as I am, but it's actually it's actually full of consciousness. And they are all the at, the, at this moment in time, this room, um, this mic, this whole infrastructure has formed itself for us to do this talk because we want to we want to do a talk that will serve kids who are struggling who think there's no potential. Fucking hell. If they knew the potential, their mind would be blown. Yeah. You only have to look at, at the night sky and see the potential. You know, it's infinite. You think of, <clears throat> you think when you get one little idea, Paul, one idea. I, thought, I was just going to say about the shower and that consciousness yeah. thing. I was reading something the other week that said, anybody that's ever had, you call it an epiphany. All these geniuses of the world, it's always happened when they've been in the shower, yeah. taking a shit, not looking yeah. for it, yeah. and it just comes to them. Very true. Yeah. You, but you, there's a, we do a lot of work. We do a lot of work to prepare the vessel to receive the energy, but there's no guarantee that mm. will be a vessel. There's no guarantee. It's a happy mm. accident. Mm -hmm. um, 
So this potential thing then. We, yeah. we were funny enough last night. What did we see last night? That blew my head off. I'm 40 years old and I'm driving to Coventry on a Wednesday night. It's pissing down. And he said, look, you can see Jupiter and Mercury and that. I was yeah. like, that's the first time in my life yeah. that I've seen that. It and suddenly it, yeah. I'm like, <clears throat> I thought it was a fucking, I thought it was a plane because we're coming past Birmingham Airport all yeah. the time. East Midlands Airport. I was like, that's a plane. It's like, no, it's a, it's, it's a planet. I was like, wow. It, yeah. And I'm 40 years old. So for me to just see that now, I'm like, but actually, this is, is a, But where is it though, Paul? <sighs> it's in you. That's the thing. When you have moments of clarity or epiphanies, um, I, I remember sitting in Leicester Square after I'd done a very hard series of mentoring sessions for mm. these. Uh, um, a, f- a friend of mine runs a, a kind of uh, a huge conglomerate and he mm. wanted me to mentor all of his CEOs. And, and they were all kind of seven-figure companies, all of these mm. satellite companies. Mm. So they're all smart guys. They'd all worked in government or they'd worked high end in the military. So they're all smart. So it was, you know, you have to really be centered and be on your top game. So I did these mentoring sessions. Uh, I was doing three a day Mm -hmm. um, with all of these guys. And it was, it was amazing. But I sat in Leicester square after one of them and I looked up at the sun and I knew the sun wasn't the sun. I just looked at it. And my wife always says, don't tell the sun story. (laughs) No one, no one will understand. But I looked at the sun and it was a being. It was conscious. It was feeding me. And it was aware of me um, and it was communicating with me. Then, then later on, as I expanded again, I realized that the sun was a part of me. So I'm not walking through Coventry. I'm walking through parts of myself. Mm-hmm. Everything is in us. So the stars that we look at, the planets, they're all inside of us. Mm-hmm. This is the universe here. It's mm-hmm. not separate from that out there. Mm-hmm. So we talk about the corporeal and the incorporeal, the, the present and the visible and the invisible but they're really all the same. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. if Alex walks out of the room here, he only has to walk two seconds and he's, he's invisible to us. He's gone. He's not here. There's, this, this wall's blocking him. You can't see him anymore. So he's not here. Yeah. And if he walks back in again, he's visible again. So for, for a second, he's, he's incorporeal. Mm-hmm. So um, lots of the, the great shamans recognize that their te- my teachers come some in physical form some in non-physical form, but they're really both the same because mm. it's still exactly the same. They mm. still are still, you know, are still turn up somewhere yeah. and they're just suddenly there yeah. and they're suddenly not there. Yeah. So when I used to do my talks at Coombe, I'd say, have a look at this building, have a look at this splendid monastery. Yeah. It used to be a monastery. This is here. I said, you've manifested it today for this talk. You've manifested me. You've manifested this teacher. This place is full of history. I said, for me, it's here every day because I turn up here every day and I walk around here and I've made it my life so I can access all of this anytime I want. These rooms are always here. Mm. What Carlos Castaneda called the hundred rooms. Your reality consists of a hundred rooms um, and you can access all of them if you train with me. We're only living in one of them. We can get out of the house. So, so we go to somewhere like Coombe Abbey and we manifest this amazing building mm-hmm. and we do this talk and then we have like a cream tea or something um, cream tea yeah and wow it's, we're uh, definitely in the midlands and it's like um <laughs> it's like luxury and you've got people waiting on you yeah and we we do the talk in in a uh, chapel mm-hmm. and it's beautiful it's absolutely beautiful and what what do i need to do to get that how do i make that happen i just know it's available so i turn up i have to use specific things i have mm-hmm. to use sound mm-hmm. um i have to use symbols mm-hmm. 
um, to create that. So you might call that money, yeah. but it's just sound and symbols. So I use my voice. I use the magic sound to create service, to create food. And if you get good at that, you can make that happen more and more and more. Yeah. Now, as you get better and better at it, you don't even have to have the numbers in your bank. You don't even have to have the card with the, num- with the magic numbers on. You can just need something and it will start to appear. I'm talking about at a more advanced level, but yeah. things, well, I say a more advanced level, it's happening already. You know, yeah. We're here today. Yeah. Um, we've got this hotel. We've got yeah. this room. Yeah. We've got this space. This has been created for you yeah. and me to, to give our message. That's yeah. what it's created for, just yeah. to serve. Yeah. We can create to do negative things as well. But that's quite a shit way to live. I know for me, when I was a bouncer, I created prolifically, but it was all violent. Yeah. You know, I, was, I created the infrastructure. I created the, the people and the, um, the legions of people, enemies, that would turn up at Buster's nightclub who wanted to fight me specifically because I had a shit magnet in me. Yeah. And I drew all the shit from the city. Yeah. So we've came to an amazing place because I wanted to rewind, but you've done it anyway. Which is, we talked about um, the violence was everywhere you went. Yeah. I talked about for some people negativity is everywhere they go. Yeah. How do you shift that? Well, you've got to recognise you're the one creating it first. Mm-hmm. If we don't recognise that we're creating it, if I if it's your fault, Paul, mm-hmm. it means you're my master. It means I've got to even if I say I hate you, I've got to wait for you to fix it before it's fixed. Paul's the problem. Paul's bringing negative, negativity into my life and I've got to wait for Paul to fix it. But when I realise that it's from me, yes. I'm the projector and it's all coming through my filters. I and mean, if I want to fix this, the picture on the screen, I just need to come back to the film. The film is full of <clears throat> colours and, and uh, it's full of perceptions and cognitions. I can mm-hmm. change that. If you, if you was at the cinema and you're looking at a film... Well, imagine... And, and imagine being able to go to the cinema. The Holy luxury. shit, man. Oh my God. I said last night, everyone's talking about pubs and that. Yeah. I drove past the cinema, which is around here, a showcase. Yeah. And I said, like, oh my God, imagine being able to go see a film. No, it's amazing, isn't it? <sighs> if you imagine being at the cinema, sitting in, in there and the, suddenly the screen tilted or it was flicking. Yeah. Or you're looking at the film generally and going, fucking hell, this is horrible. This is like a porn fest of violence. Yeah. You don't want it. You wouldn't go to the screen and start to try and adjust it, would you? Mm. You'd have to go back to the projector. You'd have to, you'd have to, you wouldn't blame the projector either. You'd have to look at the film going through the projector. You wouldn't blame the light coming through the projector because it's just pure. Yeah. You would look at it and go, well, if I don't like what's on the screen, I need to change what's in the projector. Yeah. So what people do in their life is they go, everything's wrong and it's not my fault. And they wait for someone to fix it. They wait for their family to fix it. They wait for the government to fix it. Um, it you know, that's why there's so many conspiracies because everybody wants someone to blame. But if you yeah. want to fix it, you've got to recognise all of it comes from... And you can't fix it by... I, I think there's, I was talking to you this about this before because this is the transition that I feel like I'm going through. You've got the people that are the, the two me people who are trying to point the blame at yeah. other people. And then you've got the people like me, and I've been like this for a long, long time, which is trying to force the film to change or force yeah. the projector to, like, yeah. if I hit it hard enough, yeah, roll maybe I'll be able up. to bend it into shape. Roll the sleeves up, go yeah. out and fix the world. Yeah, I'm going to bend this into shape so it yeah. fits my what I want it to look like. Yeah, That's the that's what most people, well, I think you've got the two me people who are the, what I call the victim, and then we've got the achievers, which are the, the go, 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 I'm going to bend this into yeah. shape. What's this next level that you're about to drop? You've got on me? the masses, which in Judaism they would say that's the vegetable realm. Yeah. And then you've got 
you know, the more elite, which is like the animal realm, which is the entrepreneurs, the, the people that go out and do things in yeah. the world. Then you've got what they call the human realm, where they where we rise above personal ambition and we recognize there is a dharma, there is a law, you know, there is a, um, um, there is a specific thing for us to do in the world. And yeah. we go out and we start to um, serve where we're intuited to serve. Yeah. Not where we want to serve because I want more followers, because yes. I want to earn more money. Yes. That's the animal reign. That's yeah. the animal realm. And that's that's better than the, the masses. Because yeah. in the masses, everybody's just herded by, specifically by fear and desire. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the government or the television will click their fingers with a... With a with something um, either violent or erotic or, yeah. um, you know, with, with fear generally, and they will herd people in the direction they want them to go. That's the masses. Mm-hmm. The masses will kick and scream and shout and blame and do marches, but nothing will change. Yeah. The people in the animal realm will start, will, will have a bit of a wider expanse and think, I can do this myself. Yeah. This guy's doing this in this business. I'm going to make I, it happen. I, I could do that myself. Yeah. I could make that happen. Yeah. But it's still from a selfish place. It's yes. still from a place of this is for me, this is for my family, this is for what I want to achieve. But once you get to the level where you start to see that as being very small, so selfishness is is always going to be very small, mm-hmm. and it's always going to be um, it's never going to it's never really going to gratify you because yeah. the more you get, the more you want. You know, you can get a hundred likes and, and one negative comment will fucking wipe you out. Yeah. So you start, you go, you rise above. Or you want to wipe them out. And you want to wipe them out. Yeah. Yeah. So they're still your masters because one slight, we think we think we're masters of ourselves, but one slight and somebody steals a day off us. Anxiety. You know. So we've got to get to the level where we don't really care what people think of us. Mm. We don't look for what people think about us. We don't look to achieve for ourselves. We want to expand beyond that. This is when we go from the exoteric, which is the external, to the esoteric, mm. which is the hidden. Yeah. So we're looking. At, we're no longer looking at the revealed books we're lo- or, and the revealed world. We're looking at the hidden world. But to do that, you need to be personally aligned. Mm. You need to have. You need to be congruent. Your your thinking, your saying, and your doing need to be in alignment with good. Mm-hmm. So the Paul I see here needs to be the same Paul. You know, that's at home with his wife, you know, that walks past a, um, you know, like a, a rough sleeper that, you know, sees Donald Trump on the television. You know, you, it needs to be the same person. If, if, you, if, if your emotions are reacting all over the place, yeah. you know, with all of this different stimuli and you yes. can't keep that congruent self, yeah. then, then the world and the things in the world, the 10,000 things are still our masters. Mm-hmm. So in order to, we first have to master ourself. Yeah. We have to master the sensual body, yeah. the physical body, the sensual body, the psychological body, the physiological body. That automatically spills into the sociological. Mm-hmm. So we, when we start to get control of our nervous system, our endocrine system, we start to, we no longer react to anger. We no longer react to judgment. We no longer kick off every time somebody gives us a bit of stimulus. Yeah. And we start to just look at things objectively. Yeah. We, um, the Buddha would call this denotation. Mm-hmm. We take all the labels off everything. Mm. We take all the labels off everything. Everything is just, everything is just energy with the potential, you know, um, to achieve something. Yeah. I mean, this, 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 this vegetable, animal, human, this has blown me head off. Because well, I, I said to you before, yeah. this is aligning for me because this is the yeah. phase of my life I'm going through. I've got vegetable. Now I feel like a fucking... 
one of those men that have like the, the mythical creatures where it's a men's upper body and then he has a horse for a lower yeah, body. Yeah. That's me right now. Yeah. Centaur. Is it a centaur or a yeah. minotaur or something? I'm yeah. one of them right now. How do, and you've already mentioned this awareness thing, but if we could make a more practical, I'm a practical man still. How does somebody move from what you'd call vegetable or I'd call them the, the to me? Yeah. This victim mentality. It's everybody else's fault. It's the government's fault. How does somebody move from that into the next phase, well, which is the, <clears throat> the animal phase you say? Well, you're, you know, anyone that's an entrepreneur, anyone that's yeah. making money, anyone has already done that. They're already in the animal yeah. realm. They're yeah. already doing it. So the animal yeah. realm is, is good because we're creating with it, but yeah. it's still from the selfish place. Yeah. We'll talk, would you say that's that, that, that step there is about taking personal responsibility yeah. then? Yeah. Well, we've taken responsibility and, yeah. we, and we are creating in the world. Yes. Um, but there's a there's a good chance that we're still doing it from an egoic place. So the yeah. ego is still 100%, in charge. One hundred percent, mate. That's me. Yeah. So if the ego's still in charge, then then we've got a child running this multi-trillion pound company. This is this this body is yeah. is you know it's like a trillion a trillion pound instrument. It's mm-hmm. an amazing instrument. So we we can't have it ran by a negative ego. Yeah. So we have to win that back. That's what waking up means. Waking up is like when we wake up and we go, fucking hell, this is only my eyes. This is just me looking at this body. Yeah. I've got this potential. But we wake up in this kingdom. This is a kingdom. Yeah. But we realize that it's not run by us. It's been overrun by beliefs, by cognitions, by dogma. It's, it's overrun by what I heard on the news yesterday. Mm-hmm. It's overrun by the fact that I was abused when I was a kid. It's mm-hmm. overrun by the way my parents treated me. Mm-hmm. They are running this ship. So I need to win that back. How do I win it back? I first have to win it back by recognizing that. um, I think they call it apophatic theology. Mm -hmm. And this is the idea. It sounds fancy, but really just means um, we're finding God through negation or we're finding our authentic self via negation. So we, so we get rid of who we're not. Mm -hmm. So I'll come to the practical point of it, which is we don't know who we are, but we do know who we're not. Yeah. I don't want my wife to be afraid of me. Yeah. I don't want people to be afraid of me. Yeah. I don't want to be jealous or angry or envious. I don't want to be judgmental. It's mm. all a fucking waste of my energy. Mm. But I am all of those things. Yeah. So if I can see them all so of those So you understand things, that you've got those traits yeah, but in I can, you. I can, st- I can stop trading with them. I can stop dealing with them. I can just go, when it rises up to engage me and I go judgment, I go, no, I'm not doing that anymore. Because yeah. that doesn't serve me. Yeah. Because I'm not congruent when I do that. I have yeah. no control. So I yeah. just think there's a, there's a little puppet master working me every time I react to that. Every time I go, who's this guy on the television? Or every yeah. time I go, you know, sit and slaughter somebody over a coffee, yeah. character assassination. Every time I do that, I've fallen out of alignment. Mm. When, we're fallen out, when we fall out of alignment, this is something Al-Ghazali would say. He was a great uh, Muslim imam. He would say, every time you fall out of center, mm-hmm. every time you lose congruent, you disconnect from the mains connect, from the mains electric, and you are seen. I love that. You are seen. Mm. And the fucking, the warning in that. Yeah. Every time you fall out of alignment, you are seen. This negative force, this Sita Acra, will rush into your body with a force that you can't stop. Yeah. So every time we fall out of alignment, this energy will just naturally fall into us, like water rushing into a and it let you know tile. it lets oh, you know right you'll feel it mate you'll feel it immediately yeah do you know what I, 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 I've only just discovered this in the last few weeks I've heard this described as like a do you want a motorway when you drift off the motor when you hit the rumble strip mm. and your car starts vibrating we did it last yeah. night I was like Max sorry we just nearly died mate but, That's but a good I, example, I switched yeah. off Yeah, I switched off for a second I hit the rumble yeah. strip and I'm like fucking hell I better 
come back. Yeah. So that's what you would recognize these yeah. negative kind of emotions as a rumble strip. Yeah. I th- I just I heard that and I was like, wow, that's, that's a good example. Yeah. But it's worse than the rumble strip because um, once you reach a certain level, once you reach the human realm, yeah. and you are there to serve, yeah. you are so. So they say that the holy dove enters us, which means the Christ energy enters us, mm-hmm. and it mingles. So the higher soul and the lower soul mingle. Yeah. So we have the soul resident in us. It's there. And again, I've seen the soul. I've been shown the soul. So it is resident in us, but it is, it is very, very um, uh, touch sensitive. It's very yeah. vulnerable to any yeah. kind of excess, any kind of... Um, so it's kind of like, I'm, I'm hearing this now, when you get that... You're driving faster on the motorway, so a tiny little touch, yeah, anything would make your car move anything yeah. faster. Do you know what I'm, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's that speed a, yeah. you're moving at. That's a good allegory. Yeah. yeah. So if you fall out of alignment at all, you will get what I call a divine shock. Yeah. And it might be a rush of anxiety. Yes. It might be. It might be a rush of terror. Yes. Um. It might be a rush of conscience, but it will be too painful to bear. Mm. And it's this is this is this force coming in and saying. You're out of alignment. You can't be out of alignment. You have the soul in you. You're protecting the soul, and this will burn the soul out. This will this will rush in like air rushing into a light bulb. That will just burn the element out, the filament out Im- immediately. So the soul is like um, a tungsten filament that connects the negative and the positive um, terminals of a light bulb. So when when you look at a light bulb, you've got the the the, um, the very thin line of filament made yes. of tungsten yeah. it connects the the positive and the negative yeah. and creates light but it's in a vacuum it's in a vacuum state it's inside the bulb mm-hmm. if the vacuum breaks and um the air comes in the, the filament poof, just pops yeah because the because the melting point just distinct it can't mix with oxygen yeah so what i love about that is the fact that first of all we have to keep the vacuum state the vacuum state is when we get rid of anything in us that is not negative that is not positive Anything in us that's not kind, anything in us that's not um, um, anabolic, that mm-hmm. builds, you know, mm-hmm. that's coming from a place of service. So we get rid of all that. Mm-hmm. Once we've got rid of it, that's what they say in the Christian. How do we Bible. get rid of it? Well, if you, if you, once you kick out a demon, you'll come back with 10. So, <laughs> and that's good for us because yeah. these demons, although we don't like them, they stop us from falling out of alignment because we're invisible to them. If we fall out of alignment. What does a demon look like in? You've seen it in allegory. You've seen all the drawings, but actually, you know, if we just think of it as an energy, yeah. as a neg- as a as the negative terminal, um, it will rush in and it will break everything. It will yeah. destroy everything. If you yeah. let it inside, well, you've seen what it did to you, which I thought was very brave of you to say. But it took you to a place where you thought ending my life is a good idea. Yeah. So this, this, that's what it will do. It will take you to a place of misery and literally feed off you. Yeah. But again, it's good for you because if if you've got the energy on the outside, it's a bit like um, it's a bit like the wire around an electric cable. Mm-hmm. You know, it's there to stop you from touching raw electricity, which which it will kill you. Yeah. But it's not personal. Yeah. You don't see something in the paper going, electricity kills young child. You yeah. know, ele- ele- yeah. um, the 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 monster electricity, evil electricity. Yeah. You don't see that. You just say it's a tragic accident. Someone didn't. Someone touched a bare wire. Mm-hmm. So this energy is like that. Mm. It's massively creative if we can bring it through a, a, an aligned and a vacuum um, or a hermetically sealed vessel. Mm-hmm. And we can create beautifully from a place of service. If we fall into ego and ego takes over and we find ourselves looking to see how many likes we've had, you know, we find ourselves looking for how many followers we've got today and we find ourselves 
looking for praise and taking 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 praise, yep. then we slip out of alignment and we'll feel a jolt and we'll be brought back in again. So when we fall out of alignment, we are seen. But equally, when we're in alignment, we are seen by this higher force. This higher force will go, here's Paul Moore. He's done the work. He's put himself into alignment. And you will automatically, automatically attract the teachers at the right level, the opportunities at the right level, the circumstances, the infrastructure, the money will all come to you because you have developed the infrastructure to be able to handle it. Make me emotional here because this is... It's mad. This is exactly where I'm at right now. Yeah. So the, you were asking, how do we get rid of the old stuff? We, yeah. we so we looked at we looked at vegetable to animal. Yeah. Now animal to animal animal. To sh- when we this go to, human. Yeah. So the big thing, I'll tell you what I did. I just felt this. First of all, I felt the urge to um, to confess to get rid of everything I'd done wrong. I mean, if you look at notes from a factory floor, that's mm-hmm. basically um, a confessionary book. Yeah. It's brutal about myself. It's brutal about what I did. It's completely honest about what I did in my life, how violent I was, mm-hmm. how dangerous I was, what a bad father I was, what a bad husband I was. It's not nice to say that, yeah. but you've got to put it down. You, repentance means we're, 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 we're stuck in the wilderness and we want to return to the center. Mm-hmm. So repentance means to return. It means to find refuge. So when we repent, we have to repent. We have to retrace our steps. We have to go past all of those dead bodies that we thought were buried and gone. Mm -hmm. We have to look at them and go, repentance means to go, first of all, I'm going to stop doing the things I've been doing wrong. Then I'm going to, then I'm going to bring them to the light. And I'm going to, for me personally, I'm going to write about them and I'm going to confess in front of everybody. So I'm going to bring it to light. So it can no longer blackmail me. Can no longer can no longer talk to me and go. If people knew what you've done, if people knew what you were like, I go. Well, I'm gonna actually. Mate, I'm and gonna that's liberating shit. Like, yeah, I, I'm 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 about to go to this phase now where when this book gets published, they're talking about TV and that, and and people are like you're not scared about anything coming out of your closet or anything like that. I'm like, listen, there's nothing out. that someone could say about me that I haven't already said, yeah. and that's quite. That feels liberating as fuck. Is that what it feels like that's for you? What, that's what repentance is. Is it? Yeah. Repentance means uh, I'm out of centre. Yeah. I'm, I'm suicidal. I'm yeah. depressed. Yeah. I'm violent. Whatever yeah. it is I am. Yeah. I'm way out of centre. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't want to come back to the centre. So mm-hmm. to come back to the centre, I've got to clean up all the stuff, I've, all the mess I've made. If I want to yeah. walk back to the centre, I have How to How do we do that? By, no, by as we said, by um, owning it. By admitting it, by confessing by it. By getting it out. By getting it out. From getting it out And of it here. doesn't have to be to, like me and you to thousands of fucking no, people. No, It doesn't. It, everyone will, once you start to align yeah. to your center, once you connect, once you wake up and you think I need to change, you will automatically connect to your own divine satnav, mm-hmm. to your own uh, blueprint. And it will go, oh, this is Paul Mort. This is where he is. This is where he wants to be. Mm-hmm. This is this is the pace he can work at. It will know exactly what you need to do, when you need to do. All you need to do then is follow the instruction. Yeah. First of all, repentance means to stop doing the things we've been doing. And it means to admit them, not to make excuses. Yeah. When I wrote Fragile, yeah. the things I wrote in my play Fragile, which I brought you a copy of today because I had a feeling um, it might be good for where you are. But the, the play Fragile was was confessing in front of an audience 
to all of the things that were blackmailing me and filling me with shame and feeding off me like a parasite every single day. So I was bringing them out, I was owning them, and I was putting them in front of an audience and saying, I dare you to judge me. That's, that's what it did. And it was... Holy shit. Oh, it nearly fucking killed me. <laughs> it, it, it nearly did. And you know what the worst thing was? It, I wasn't really too bothered about people, the shame of other people. I was just... Yeah. What came out of it for me was I was terrified of um, bringing shame to my mum's door because mm. that's how I'd been brought up. You know, yes. Catholic, Irish. Yeah. You know, don't bring shame to this door. Yeah. We're more afraid of shame than an assassin's bullet. Yeah. So I have to look at that. I have to be prepared like Arjuna at the Battle of Guru, et cetera, yeah. when he looks out into the battlefields and he says, I can't do this. I, yeah. can't, I can't fight to win my kingdom back because I can see my brothers in, in, the, in the branks. I can see my cousins. Yeah, they might get caught my, on the crossfire. And, I can see my teachers. Yes. Some of them are on the opposite side to me. I'm yes. gonna, I'm, in other words, we have, to, we have to be prepared to kill the teaching of all of our peers. We have to, we have to kill everything that, everything that we've been taught that is wrong. We have to dismiss it. Mm. And it, like, like we said before, you know, you only have to give up alcohol and you'll lose 95% of your social circle. You only have to stop gossiping, you'll lose the other 5%. <laughs> so it's, uh, Bang on. Yeah, so, yeah. so we, the reason we don't change, the yeah. reason we keep engaging these things is because we have this tr- tremendous fear of being kicked out of the tribe, especially yeah. if you come from a class system, which I did. Yeah. Um, and the, the class system, people... People throw the class system around like it's nothing. I've, I've lost three friends to suicide because they were afraid to challenge class. Mm. Class is a perception. Mm. It's an idea. Believe me, I've been in the company of royalty. I've been in the company of multimillionaires, billionaires, you know, high-end celebrities. And, and me. Same thing. <laughs> and it's... Um, None of it means anything. It's a perception. Yeah. So when, when we have a perception of higher and lower, of object and subject, yeah. of, of, you know, um, I'm a working class piece of shit and he's a middle class, mm. you know, I need, to, I need to bow down to him. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when we let go of those conceptualizations, they don't exist anymore. So the idea of class doesn't exist unless we, unless we allow it to live in us as a, as a concept. Yeah. So in order to do that, we need to challenge all of the things that are in us, all of the beliefs that are wrong. We need to challenge them. So if I go towards, say, becoming a published author and I feel tremendous fear, I need to have the courage to intercourse with that fear and I need to absorb 99% of it before it will give up the ghost. When it, and when it does, it dissipates. What does that look like from a practical point of view then? Is what that it, just doing the work? Doing the work. Yeah. That's what I always say, which yeah. Alex... Um, yeah. our friend Alex always says to remind me to do the work. Yeah. It's all about doing the work and the work is all about getting rid of what isn't serving you mm-hmm. and, and not, not bringing in what does serve you, but just allowing room for what is already yeah. there. Do you think that most people, Jeff, know whatever their situation, whether they want to change their mental health, their mindset, their, their financial situation, their relationship, do you think people know what to do? They're no, just not doing it. I think, I think, People have, have so many ideas rushing in. At the, at the back of it, everybody knows everything. Yeah. That's, that's one thing. Everybody. Everybody knows everything. We yeah. all sit around with people and everybody's wearing masks. And that's not the bad thing. The bad yeah. thing is that everybody knows everyone's wearing masks. <laughs> so when you come into a room and you're not wearing a mask, it's yeah. fucking liberating. It's yeah. intoxicating. Yes. Because people go, oh, I love this person. Mm. Because there's a congruence. There's no agenda. Mm. They're not after something. Mm. And I've been all those things. I've been the guy that's after stuff. I've been the guy that's, you know, looking for coattails. I've been the guy that's looking for followers and celebrity. 
and it's part of the animal realm. It's not something I'm embarrassed by. It's yeah. just, you know, it was just my green belt phase, yeah. you know. So I've been all those things, so I understand it. But the power is when you're not looking for anything, when you're just there to serve. Yeah. And you can only do that if you're aligned. You can only be aligned if you do the work. Practically, that might mean, okay, when I take sexual pornography into my body, I'm allowing vampires to come across the threshold. Mm-hmm. They take over my autonomy mm-hmm. um, and and obviously the body will receive pleasure, but they control me. So I'm allowing parasites to come and live in my body for what is a few seconds of squirty liquid. You know what I mean? <laughs> Mate, yeah, I've got to share this with you because I want to get onto this concept. I'm fascinated when you talk about this concept of palate. Yeah. And um, Mr. Alex Myers, who's sitting here with us today, once said to me something that I think he got from you when he said, if you can't stop, you're addicted. And he actually, I didn't masturbate for like four or five months. Yeah. Which was, my wife hated it. <laughs> she was like, can you not just have a wang? Because <laughs> I was walking around. I was 38 yeah. years old with a permanent boner. Yeah, it was, it was weird. But yeah, this, this, let's get onto this. Controlling um, the sensual body. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's not so much just about the act of masturbation. Yeah. It's about whether you've got control of that or not. When mm. I was addicted to sexual pornography, I'd be running to the computer and I'd be doing it in secret and I'd be doing it behind people's backs. Yeah. And I would be doing things to my body that I didn't recognize as myself. Yeah. I'd be abusing myself with it because I was damaged as a kid. Yeah. So I had a pr- proclivity towards um, sexual pornography. Mm-hmm. But I had no control of it and I knew that. Yeah. I don't know if I, told, if, if I told you this story, but I once spoke to God and I, can, I would see God as my highest potential. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, listen, I've got, I've got this sexual pornography mm-hmm. and I don't, it doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't feel like it's doing any harm. Mm. Um, I said, can you tell me, can you give me a sign? I'm sat in my garden, I've just trained. I said, can you give me a sign? Because if you tell me it's um, not right, I'm just going to kill it. But at the moment, I'd let go of it, but I, I, felt, I felt convinced that it was okay. Yeah. And I sat there and I just finished an orange juice and I put my glass down. And suddenly this wasp came flying over mm-hmm. and it landed on the rim of my um, my, my glass. Yeah, I thought you were going to say the rim of something else. But I'm thinking, <laughs> well, that is a sign. <laughs> That's a sign. That is a sign. Even the wasps are after you. <laughs> and, and it started to eat some of the residue from the, the and then it just flew away again. Yeah. And then it come back again. Yeah. And then it went a bit deeper into the glass. Then yeah. it flew away and then it come back. And it did this, this is true, it did this about five times until in the end it was complacent and arrogant and it went to the bottom of the glass uh, and there was a, thick residue of orange juice in the bottom and it sat in it and took everything it could and it couldn't get out. Couldn't fly. It was stuck in the shit. It was stuck in the orange juice. It was marinating in the thing that was giving it pleasure. And I just tipped it out and let him go. And I said to God, thank you. Yeah. I won't do it again. Which, But of course I did. Yeah. I did until it fucking floored me until yeah. I was leveled by it. Yeah. I had the last, the last time I accessed, um, Sexual pornography was what fucking, what time is it now? <laughs> it's many years it's ago. It's five to ten. It's many, it was many years ago, but uh, the, last, the last time I, I'd already triggered into the, anim, into the human realm. Yeah. The soul was present. Yeah. And I accessed pornography at a very vulnerable time. Mm-hmm. And I'm not kidding. It fucking killed me. Wiped Did me it? Out. I was on my knees. Yeah. It, this rush of energy came into me and I was on my knees crying. I was begging. I was, I was so tortured Mm -hmm. Um, and I went into meditation. I went straight home. I confessed to my wife because one of the things you do when you fall out of alignment is you find a confessor and somebody so that it can't keep blackmailing you. But it took me a month 
to get that out of me. Yeah. Um, and I never let it back in again. Shit. I never, ever let it back in again. It was saying it's not, you know, this is, this is so acceptable in, in society. But if you're talking about growing to the, to your, to the levels of consciousness, yeah. you can't have these parasites. Because if, if, if everything is spirit, which it is, if everything is conscious, some of it's going to be positive and some of it's going to be negative. So when I let energy into my, through my eyes, mm-hmm. um, through my ears, you know, through my food, mm-hmm. if I let energy in through my body, mm-hmm. um, if that's negative energy, I'm inviting negative spirits into my body. And if you look at spirit, the word spirit comes from the word pneuma, mm-hmm. or it comes from the word ki or chi, comes from the words um, soul. Mm-hmm. Um, it, comes, it comes originally from the word psyche. You know, so Freud would use the word or Jung would use the word psyche. So there's lots of different words for it. But once, once we allow this across the threshold, mm-hmm. it's inside us and it's taken up residence. It can't come across the threshold, threshold yeah. unless we allow it to. Yeah. Once we allow it to, it takes up residence, has little uh, locations, little hubs. And then every time this larger energy wants to feed from us, it just finds the hub, it finds the vibration, boom, it comes in and we have lost our autonomy. We've lost our will. Mm-hmm. So if you look at the Old Testament, it talks all the time about seek the kingdom, seek the promised land, seek the land of milk and honey, you know, and it's, this is all about, it talks all, all the time about find the kingdom. If you find the kingdom, um, all good things will come to you. And the word land in the root word land means it comes from the word will. It means will. So it's not saying this mythical kingdom. It's saying this is the kingdom. Yeah but you have no autonomy over it because you've lost your will to an addiction, to a belief, to a perception, to a cognition. Yeah. So it's saying find the will. Yeah. When you find your will and you connect to your will and you master your will, so the land is the will, mm-hmm. that is the kingdom. Once you've connected to your own personal will mm-hmm. and you can say that you have control of your sensual body and your physical body, you have control of your will, you will automatically link up with this higher soul and it will come in and then you have this um, you have this um, cooperation between the lower and the higher, between the internal and the external, between the exoteric and the esoteric. Mm-hmm. So, but we have to get our own will first. We we can fuck about all day long if we want, and yeah. we can we can say we can say we've hit the peak of Everest. Yeah. But if we're still wandering around, if we're still wandering around the, the you know the base camp, we're we're at base camp. Yeah. And base camp. Is so your okay. example of base camp would be behaviors behaviors yeah and again this concept of palette i think will resonate for a lot of the guys listening in um which is your your thing of your your eyes are your palette yeah even your nose is your palette your ears are your palette your mouth's your palette and that all everything that we take in via the palette yeah impacts everything else right everything yeah yeah it's what when you look at the the allegory of the vampire yeah. You know, they, all, of, all of this horror films and, and the mythologies are all just allegories. Yeah. So when we talk about the vampire, the vampire can't enter our house unless we give it permission. It cannot cross the threshold without permission from us. It has to ask for permission. How do we, how do we stop giving it permission? We, we notice, I mean, it, it could we, be as simple as just saying no, yeah, yeah. but it's not for a lot of people, is it? So if, first of all, you see it. Right. First of all, you see, you go, okay. Recognize it as a problem. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. The biggest thing is that we're in denial. My brother and my (laughs) sister died from alcoholism. That was what, that was what was on their death certificates, but that's not what they died of. They died from denial. Both of them couldn't accept that they had an addiction. Mm -hmm. So how can you do something 
with something that you can't even ad- admit. Yeah. So if you if you're still saying um, violence is acceptable, mm. why would you stop it? Yeah. Why are you going to stop it? If you think yeah. sexual pornography is acceptable, um, it's not a moral thing. It's just an invasion thing. It's a possession thing. So yeah. if we think it's acceptable, we're not going to stop it. Yeah. Um, yeah but yeah, once yeah, you start yeah. going, well, actually, when I do this. I'm allowing negative spirit into my body mm-hmm. and it takes over my will, takes over my autonomy because I do end up doing things that aren't morally and ethically right. And mm. I do things that I hide from my wife. Yeah. I do things that I wouldn't want my friends to know about. Yes. Even like I said, sitting at a, a cafe with, with a coffee. If we just sat there, you watch how the atmosphere changes. If I just put a tape recorder down, so I hope you don't mind. I want to put the tape recorder down because um, if we end Oof. up talking about anybody, I want to be able to take it to them and show them what we've said. Shit, Everyone yeah. would be going, he's a great guy. Yeah. And that, that poor yeah. guy's amazing. <laughs> Somebody somewhere seeing that, I mean, I'm sure. <laughs> so so we, we, um, we've, got to, we've got to get the tolerances on ourselves. Mm. You know, like we've got to be like, a, the, you're right, exactly right. It's not easy because what we're asking to do is we're asking to be Olympic level a- athletes. Olympic level. So the tolerances are, you know, like on the nightclub door, for instance, when I was on the nightclub door, it was a violent environment. Mm. The tolerances are like that. Four yeah. of my friends were murdered during my time as a bouncer. The mm. tolerances were tight, mm. but that was the only way you developed what was real. The environment, the environment was a living conscious uh, being that said, you're in this environment. And if you listen to me, I'll tell you how to survive. The environment taught me what works. But the environment says to me, you've come on here with all your martial arts. You've come on all, on here with all these techniques um, and they won't work here. Not in the way you've been taught. Yes. It's not that the martial arts are wrong, but the way you've been taught them won't work in this environment. And no one's tapping. No one's no tapping. One's tapping. <laughs> no, there's no, uh, you know, there's, there's no referees. There's no orange, you know, at <laughs> half time. Yeah. There's there no towel going in. No towel going in. Yeah. Um, and it won't, you won't be shaking hands at the end of this because if you knock that guy out, for yeah. instance, you've got an enemy for life. Yes. You know, you've got an enemy for life because that guy there is going to remember you. In 20 years' time, you're going to be stood in the Chinese takeaway getting your health food. (laughs) And that that guy is going to be stood next to you. And for him, it was going to be yesterday. Mm. It's going to be yesterday. Yeah. And and, and he will kill you. He will kill you by accident because he's so angry. And he can't control his... He doesn't know who he is. He's got no control of his will. So what we need to ask ourselves is, do I have control of my will? If I haven't got control of my will, then I've got to, f- if you, if we know we haven't got control of the will, that's great. That means we're woke. Yeah. We, yeah, we are yeah, awake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're like, uh, we're like Odysseus. Yes. He's come back from the Trojan Wars to, to his home in Ithaca to find that his kingdom is overrun by vagabonds. Yeah. And he's got to win his kingdom back. So he's awake. Vagabonds is a great word, by the yeah. way. Yeah. He's what awake, but word. he's got to win his kingdom back. So we wake up, waking up, you know, someone said to me recently, what does waking up feel like? I said, painful. <laughs> so much work to do. I am, I am, you know, I am a fucking deviant in places and I've got to work on that. It's what yeah. happened to me when I woke up. Yeah. I, I just looked at myself in the mirror and I saw this fat, overweight, sexual, sexually addicted bully, even bullied my wife. Everyone, everyone said I was a nice guy, but everybody knew I wasn't. Yeah. Everybody was afraid of me. Mm-hmm. If, I, if I leaned over into my wife in the night, and believe me, I adore this girl, but if I leaned over and I wanted to cuddle, and she didn't want to cuddle, it would be slam doors. It would be monosyllables and a cold back in bed. What is that if it's not violence at the first subtle level? It's it's saying, if you don't have sex with me, I am going to completely withdraw 
love and I'm going to slam doors and I'm going to shatter your nervous system every time I slam a door. And then in the end, you're not having sex with your wife, are you? It's fucking rape. That's what it is because you're doing it against her will. I know that's not an easy thing to say. Believe me, it wasn't an easy thing to see. When you wake up, it's shocking because first you wake up and you go, the potential is, is incredible. The potential for anything, to do anything, to know everything, it's the potential. But then you go, but I've got all of these things that are stopping me. And these things have not just been resident in me in this lifetime, Paul. Mm. These things have been resident in me, in my cells, you know, my genetic inheritance. Maybe Krishnamurti said for thousands of years, mm. we're not fighting against, you know, a, a 60-year-old enemy. We're fighting against a thousand-year-old enemy who knows every trick to weed himself in and do one thing, one thing. He's only after one thing, your will. He wants to take your will. Your will is your kingdom. If you haven't got your will, you haven't got your kingdom. You can walk around all day. You can have money. You can have material things, but you have no kingdom because you still can't control this machine. Yeah. You, know how to, you know how to work commerce. Yeah. You know how to turn a coin. You know, you know how to get a leggy blonde in bed. You know how to do all that, but, but you, don't, you don't have control of this body. You are being worked by 10, 20 30 different personalities. If you look yeah. at someone like Gurdjieff, he would say there maybe there's hundreds of personalities in there. Yeah. We have to find the one and that one is located in your own singularity in your own, um, what they call the geometric point, mm-hmm. the, the building place. Mm-hmm. Everything that comes out of there mm-hmm. has potential. Yeah. It has potential to become anything, any yeah. energy that comes out of here. We've proven that in our own small way with, with the books we make and, the talks we do and creating this kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but what, what I'm not so interested in what goes out. Yeah. I'm interested in what goes in. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, the palace. Cause what, well, no, not even that at another level. Cause obviously we're talking about a point now, if I've got my center, my yeah. palette's right. Yeah. So I'm interested in what goes in. So if I, if this is like a black hole, if this is like a singularity, mm-hmm. so I have my own self, I have my own will. What goes out of this? Um, I can create anything I want with it. Yeah. I can find the infrastructure will find me. Yeah. But I'm interested in what goes in. In other words, where I used to be violent with people, people would trigger a, um, an insecurity in me and I'd go boom yes. and I would knock them out. So bang, that comes out. Yeah. I've knocked somebody out. But I'm interested in working at the level of Ushaba where you're able to see a, um, a disturbed energy and you're mm. able to see an unsteady energy but you're not affected by it and you're not offended by his slights. Yeah. You're able to stay so still yeah. that he is literally disappeared into that hole. Everything that goes in there never comes back out again. I had this experience three weeks ago where obviously I'm in a body, I'm in the world, so, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm working on fine tolerances. So, of course, I'm challenged. Yeah. I'm not going to grow if I'm not challenged. Yeah. If someone isn't tapping me out at least once a day, I'm not growing, am I? Yeah. So... This guy had got into my head. It was, it was to do with a property sale. It's nothing to do with violence. Yeah. But I, I, could find, I could feel something in me wanting to make a monster out of him. Yeah. And I started to see everything he did. I wasn't engaging it, but I could feel it in my body chemistry. Yes. But when my body chemistry was at the height where this voice was going, this guy's taking you for a cunt. That's what he was saying. Please forgive the language. But that was the language he was using. And I was watching it. I was observing. Mate, you never have to apologise on my show for language. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So I, I took him into my meditation yes. and I sat with him and he was there like a gargoyle. I saw him in front of me yeah. and I found the center. I stilled the center. And then I just watched, I watched this persona suck off him. It just came straight off him like a suit and it went, disappeared into the singularity. And all I had left in front of me was this very lovely, very insecure, very stressed, very ambitious man mm. who was trying to do his best for me, but was intimidated either by me or by his situation. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. I was just, and that was it. It never came back again. I was able to disappear the, the, uh, the concept by observing it from a single point. I don't know if that makes sense, but in other words, if one of the biggest, it, concepts- does, make, it does make quite a lot of sense. If I was to strip it back to my level, of understanding of this, which is behind you is that this guy was just trying his best and he's yeah. on his own journey. Yeah. And you're not the star of his movie. No, if absolutely, you like. Yeah. But that's what wanted to come in. Yeah. I'm, I'm, they say that the devil crouches at every open doorway, mm-hmm. which means every time you go into a new venture, every time you're going into something new and, and something fresh and building something, there will be negativities at the doorway of that at that, at that opening that will try and grab you as you go in. Mm. Um, Cause if they don't grab you as they go in, they'll get dissolved. Anything negative gets dissolved when we go into a wider consciousness. So in other words, you learn to dissolve violence by doing nothing. That's the highest, that's the highest concept of spiritual practice is to do nothing. And this is what the Buddha said when one of his um, students said to him, what does it feel like to find the Buddha nature? And he said, consciousness has freed me from denotation. So in other words, I'm not seeing things with labels anymore. Yes. I'm not seeing this as good and bad. Yeah. I'm not seeing this as light and dark. I'm not seeing this as right and wrong. I'm just seeing everything as energy with labels. I'm pulling the labels off. So I'm denotate. There's a denotation. I'm pulling the labels off and I'm just seeing potential. So it's just energy. So it's not, it's not petrol that I'm going to set somebody on fire with. It's petrol that I'm going to heat my house with. Yeah. So it's just a difference. It's an energy that we, we take away the concept of, um, we take away the concept. So it has no form, it has no aspect. It's just an energy. Yeah. But to do that, we have to be able to recognize it. Mm. And then when, once we do that, we are able to, what I basically did was I pulled the mask off this person. I've yeah. done it a lot of times. It's difficult to do it when you've got a monster in front of you, yeah. but you know, like a, someone that wants to be violent, but yes, but if you've got someone that wants to be violent in front of you, you know that you're already out of alignment because he wouldn't be in your he wouldn't be in your stratosphere if you were in alignment. You just wouldn't be able to exist. You're invisible. So if you're in the center, you're not seen. Yeah. In the center, everything is that's what they call it home. Yeah. Homeostasis. Yeah. In physiology, they would call it homeostasis, which is our natural center. So in in uh, theology, they would call it um, home or you know, um, homeostasis or, or center, Mm -hmm. the center point. So we've got to find that center point in ourselves. So in order to find the center point, um, like if I went to Alex to, to get a physique, he would be able to look at me immediately and look at my diet and he would know exactly what to get rid of and exactly what to keep. That's basically all you do. Yeah. It's, It's as practical as if you work with, with a, with somebody as skillful as him. Yeah. Um, at what he does, you yeah. just take that same concept of getting rid of everything that's um, not serving yeah. um, and strip it down and just have the stuff that is serving. With the exercises, he doesn't 
fuck about on the periphery of the gym. Yeah. You've watched the way he trains. Yeah. He goes in, he finds the burn quickly. He stays yeah. in the burn long. And then he knows that the rest and the water and the palate and everything else, uh, you know, what builds the muscle when it's been broken down. Yeah. So you don't go in there and have like 20 minutes chat. Yeah. Um, you know, we just go, let's not mess about. Let's just go straight to the burn because that's mm-hmm. where the growth is. So spiritually we, we do, it's no different. Yeah. It's the same concept. Yeah. Same as a nightclub. Uh, my greatest metaphysical experience was working as a bouncer because mm-hmm. I was guarding the door of a club. Yeah. How did we guard it? We, we stopped Shit so you see in that club as your yeah mind at the that's my mind yeah um and the doorway is here this is what they call the plender gap the doorway is literally there yeah. in in the human physiology the doorway the doorway to the heart or the doorway to the will mm-hmm. they call it the doorway to the heart but it means the will mm-hmm. is here this is what they call the plender gap mm-hmm. so if you've ever had a huge arousal of energy say especially with sexual energy because it's so visceral yeah or violent energy, if you watch it, before you engage it, before you actually um, uh, identify with it and bring it in and accept it, it builds up. It might come in from any part of your body, but it builds up and it builds up to this point here and and it stacks behind it. That is actually a literal doorway. So if we can keep our consciousness on the doorway here, we can can look at it and go, do I want to let that in? No, he's got the wrong clothes on. You know, he's, he's drunk. Um, he's violent, he's got a reputation, he's been bothered, don't let him in. You have to have the courage to stop it at the door. So reality exists at the level of engagement. If I engage that energy when it rises up, mm-hmm. it will incarnate me. And for the moment that it's incarnate me, or the, or the week or the year or yeah. the life, yeah. if it's a violent energy, the moment it incarnates me and I engage it and I give it permission to come across the threshold, I am violent. Mm. And of course, as that violent person, mm-hmm. I will go out and create things in the world of causation yeah. that will come back to me as reciprocity. Yeah. As so same with this, mate, I love that club frame because it makes a lot of sense to me as a, as a, as a, as a description or an analogy in that you've got to be aware of who's allowed in and who isn't yeah. allowed in. And have the courage to stop them. Yeah. Who's on the VIP list. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't even know that. No. They don't know. They might have an idea of what they don't, who they don't want in. Yeah. But they never really know about the VIP you section. You've got to know it. I mean, yeah. we, we worked at a place called Buster's and it was like, you could, you could start a fight in an empty room. It was yeah. a violent place, Yeah, but it was a powerful team. Yeah. I was on with there with, the, I would say the top team. The reason they were the top team in the city, not just because they could have a fight, mm-hmm. but because they weren't, none of them were drug dealers. None of them were criminals. Mm. These were all guys that worked in factories in the day mm. and they were all titans. So they all had a good moral and ethical standing, yeah. but it was an amazing team. But we only yeah. had, we didn't have three or four doors to the club. We closed all the other doors. We just had one door. Everybody was forced to come through one door. Yeah. That one door is here. Yeah. So if we know that's the door to guard, yeah. you know, we might get an arousal in our lower area. Yeah. We might get a spike in our brain, yeah. but before it's engaged, it has to come through. Um, it has to come through the, ble- the, plen- the blender, the blender gap here. Yeah. So what do you let in through there then? Is you you personally? That's my that's what my reality is. My reality exist. My reality consists of what I engage. Reality exists at the level of engagement. Mm-hmm. If I don't engage it, it has no reality. Yeah. An event, event. It might keep coming to the door. I might get a guy at the nightclub who keeps coming to the door. But if I don't let him in, if I'm brave enough to not let him in, um, and I'm wise enough, she's going to give it, up. Eventually, just go off because there's plenty of clubs that will let him in. <laughs> you don't have to fight too hard. There's a club down you know, down the road that will welcome him. Yeah. You know, so 
you learn you this is all the stuff I've learned from you know I learned all this on the door but I didn't yeah. really understand it till I studied um not just not just religion but uh, I'm not talking about the revealed books yeah. the ones you pick up yes I'm talking about the hidden books yeah. so if you pick up the bible and you read the old testament the five books of Moses they call it the pentateuch mm-hmm. that's a blueprint to the universe mm-hmm. but you're not going to get that from reading the five books of Moses, you have to go into the exegesis. Yeah. You have to go into the commentary. Yeah. So from, from the um, old Testament, from the five books of Moses, I went into Swedenborg uh, and we, he did 13 books just on Genesis. I went into the um, Kabbalah, um, which is all, all about the hidden aspects of the old Testament. I mm-hmm. went into the, the Zohar, which is a 24 volume study. It's a lifetime study. Yeah on the explanation of the explanation of the Torah. And within those books, you know, they decimate the ego. You pick up the Zohar, um, and at the beginning it gives you a warning. You won't understand a word of this. The idea that you shouldn't understand a word of this because it's just it's here to destroy the ego. Yeah. It's here to, it's here to um, consume the ego. That's what mm-hmm. they call the burnt sacrifice or the animal sacrifice. So when we when we sit down and do a big study yeah. and the ego is going, I don't understand any of this and it's killing it. Yeah. We know the, the ego is burnt up in the volition of the study, just like a muscle is burnt up or yeah. the fat is burnt up in the volition of a curl. Yeah. So when you sit and do that study, mm. you have to go into it, not expecting to understand it, but recognizing that at a soul level, it reads it like a barcode. Yeah. Oh. And that, and that was my experience. Yeah. But you, to do that, I read, uh, probably six months full time. I mean, I'm on about as a job. Read it for six months full time. Took seventy pages of notes, um, and then I, when I finished, I, I re- and every day, believe me, every single day, I was up at five. Every day, I sat down. The resistance to not read, the resistance to say this is shit. This yes. makes no sense. Yes, this is nonsense. Yeah. Um, every single day, the resistance not to study was was harder than anything I've ever done. And sure. at the end of every day, and I'm not exaggerating, at the end of every day, if I if I did a half an hour more reading than than I normally do because I want to get it finished, I felt um like I was I felt like my sanity could tip. Really? Yeah. I felt like I could um I f- felt insane. I felt an unstable insanity there. But I knew enough from the reading to know that the part that feels insane, the part that feels threatened part that feels in pain and at times I would have a voice that would scream, literally scream. And I, I recognized that they were all of the parts of me that were being burnt up. They were the animal sacrifice that I was removing from me in order to, um, in order to reveal the consciousness that was already there. So all, all of that. So I'm not looking, you know, if you look at the Bible, you go, the first house ghost, the very first house ghost is like fucking Bibles, you know, um, the, all the wars in the world are started by religion. So why am I going to read that? Oh, the bag of the Gita. There's a blue guy on the cover, in, you know, in a, in a flying I mean, I've tried to read this book twice. Yeah. Why yeah am I, I have why, tried to read it and why, I'm like, I don't get this. Why, well, that's good. Yeah. But you're not supposed to get it. Yeah. You know, you, you're supposed to have the discipline to sit down. And that's when you should stay with it is what you're you saying. Stay with it. Yeah. You just got to recognize that at some level, something in you, will be burnt up in the volition of reading it, yeah. which will create consciousness. When you create consciousness, you will understand a little bit of it. Yeah. So I did, I did uh, 70 pages of notes. 
And then I went onto the notes and I reduced the notes until I ended up with, you know, 30 pages, then reduced the 30 to 10, yeah. reduced the 10 to five, reduced yeah. the five to one. Eventually I reduced it to one word. I reduced 24 volumes of the Zohar to one word. And that was very specific to me. And that, that one word was a seed. In, in Judaism, they would call it hokma, mm-hmm. which means a seed. It's a spark of wisdom. You go, an idea. But that seed is just an idea. It needs to be unpacked. It's like, mm-hmm. a, it's like the seed of an acorn. Mm-hmm. It's only, if you see an acorn, it's about that big, and the yeah. seed inside it's about that big. Yeah. Um, but within that acorn, there is the potential for a 200-foot, 500-year-old tree. Mm-hmm. Um, so within that acorn, I need to take that acorn, take that seed, and put it into a process of development or right. unfolding. They call it bina. So I unfold it until it becomes, until it becomes a certainty. Yeah. So what I mean, so I get a flash of an idea. I spend the next year studying it and unfolding it and get an understanding of it until suddenly it clicks and I go, ah, that's what it meant. Yeah. It means that. And then that becomes the seed of the next study. Yeah. So if you imagine the seed of an acorn, within that is the potential for the whole tree yeah. and in its lifetime, a million acorns. So that one tiny seed, which is almost infinitesimal, yeah. has the potential to create a million other seeds. Just yeah. that one seed, and then those seeds, and those seeds have each of those million have the potential to create yeah. another. In other words, the, yeah. the ability to learn mm-hmm. and to expand is infinite. Mm-hmm. But we ha- we have to have the discipline, the will, to be able to sit down and go. Um, uh, I'm all of the parts of me that don't want to do the work, that don't want to sit down, that don't want to read, that don't want to get up at four thirty to meditate. Mm-hmm. All of those parts of me, I'm in control of them. Mm-hmm. My animal soul is not in control; it's subservient to the higher self. Mm-hmm. So I have con- I have control of my will. Mm-hmm. If I've got control of my will, I can take that seed and I can unpack it. For instance, watch my back. Um, it was a seed. It was an idea. Yeah. And it, the seed came as a reward because I stood on a nightclub door and, and, and people tried to kill me, yeah. you know. And some of them were big girls. <laughs> some of them were big girls as well. <laughs> but I... <laughs> so I... I uh, that, that was a seed of an idea. Someone said, you should write these stories down. You yeah. It, this good, it was a seed. Yeah. So that had to be unpacked. But that was 30 years ago. And yeah. since I unpacked that one tiny seed... We started by writing the first book in a toilet mm-hmm. in a factory. Yeah, it's fifty books. It's yeah. fifteen films. I've just done a film in America with Orlando Bloom. Oh shit! Um, just, just and that book got turned into a movie itself, right? Well, it's been turned into. I've had. I think I've had four films made about my life so far. All come Shit. from that seed. All of them. Shit. Um, and you know, thousands of articles. Yeah. Thousands of talks. Yeah. Um, and an amazing, amazing life. You know, yeah. I ended up in Las Vegas having tea with Chuck Norris because I, um, that was all part of unpacking that seed. Fucking hell. So that's still unpacking now. I mean, I'm still writing stuff now that came from that original seed. Yeah. So it's still unfolding. So sure. the potential to learn is infinite, but not if we do the work, not if we don't do the work. Yeah. And, and when we're going to do the work, we have to ask ourselves who's doing the work. In other words, do we know who we are? Because who we are has the will to do it. And who we're not needs to be burnt up in the volition of the work. Yeah. So the resistance that we have not to do the work is the energy we need to uh, act as oil it. for the lamp. You see yeah. what I'm saying? I totally get that, yeah. So once you wake up, you go, I'm in a kingdom, but I'm not in charge. Yeah. So, okay, let's start getting rid of the things I can see. What can I see? 
okay, this sexual pornography is not working for me. Let's get rid of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm angry with my wife. Let's get rid of that. In other words, just don't engage it. Yeah. If you give it no life, eventually it will contract inside you yeah. and die. Um, and the nature of that addiction will be liberated and the consciousness or the effulgence that was in that will come over to you. Yeah. So every time I get rid of a bad habit, every time I um, get rid of um, a false belief yeah. or, or a negative cognition, every time I do that, um, I, I, I make more room. I create consciousness. Yeah. It literally pours in. Yeah. Um, and every t- of course, every time I create more consciousness, I'm more aware. So I suddenly I'm here. I've, I've got that level of like a horse with blinders on. Yeah. When I get rid of a bad habit, I get that much view and I go, Oh, well, that's great. I can see all that potential, but I can also see yes. that that's in my way and that's in my way. So yes. I get rid of them and then it expands again Yeah. and it keeps expanding and you keep seeing more potential uh, to do more, but you also see uh, more blocks that you can remove or you yeah. can say, when we say remove, you can convert them. Yeah. They're taking up consciousness. It's just like a blot on the window. You remove it, you can see clearer. Yeah. If I pull those curtains over, that was what that would be. That would that wouldn't it wouldn't mean that there's no light outside. It just means yeah. I've blocked it. Yeah. So in Buddhism, they would say if we pull the veils back, mm-hmm. the light that was already there yeah. will reveal itself. It's already there. Yeah. So in in Christian eschatology, which basically means um, the second coming of Christ, mm-hmm. Christ, it, the allegory really means the second coming of consciousness. Mm-hmm. So we're not wake, waiting for the next Christ um, or the next Buddha. We're, we're, you know, to come into the world, we're, waking, wait, we're waiting for it to wake up in us. Mm-hmm. So it's the birth of awareness, the birth of consciousness. Mm. And eschatology says that everything is already there already. Everything. We just can't see it. Yeah. We just can't see it. So if we, as we remove the obscurations, as we convert them, as we do the work and make those sacrifices, the consciousness and the awareness that was always there mm. will reveal itself to you a little bit at a time. Mm. But you have to go through those levels, and it takes a tremendous amount of self-knowing, you know, being able to know yourself. Coming back to what I said before, you've got to win your will back. Yeah. People, people, want to, you know, people want to win wars with foreign countries. They can't even win their own fucking waistline. You know? They can't even get their own waistline back. They want to... You know, they want to, they want to change this person. They want to challenge that person. Yeah. They want to change the world, but we, we change the world by recognizing the world is projected from our own singularity. We've ended up in a perfect place because the one question that I want, I want you to explain for the guys in who are listening and for me, because I want to gain more of an understanding of this is this concept of there is an outer physical world and you've touched on it a lot actually already. Um, and there is an inner world. And I think it was Einstein that said something along those lines. That the, the most powerful question you can ask yourself is, do you live in a hostile or a friendly universe? Could you yeah. explain that in Jeff Thompson yeah. terms? Well, well, Milton, um, the poet Milton said that the mind is its own place. It can make a heaven out of hell. It can make a hell out of heaven. Yes. So once we get control of the will, we start to determine... You know, we are, we're not, we're I love not, that you've said that first. Like you've got to get control of the world before you see any of this. Yeah. You won't, you won't see it. Cause yeah. all you'll see is what you're conditioned to see. Yes. And we've been conditioned to, st- in other words, somebody's, somebody's put a film in our projector. Yeah. Probably they were well-meaning. Yeah. Um, and we're, we're watching, we're watching a version of the life that they think they've given us. And we look at it and go, I don't like this life. I don't want these limitations. I don't, I don't like this small reality. There must be more. Yeah. So you, you go into the 
projector and you change the film. And that's where that's what they call the um, the greater the greater jihad. So the mm. lesser jihad is when we go out and we try to fix the world, like you said earlier, yeah. by rolling up our sleeves, bending it, in the bending it and belting yeah. it. The, the the greater jihad or the the greater war is when we go inside and we we go oh it's, it's all coming from somewhere and we go in and we clean it from the inside, and that is that is the greater war because it's it's so unfathomable. You know, we have we have yeah. to live in a place where we know we don't understand. Yeah, you have to be comfortable not understanding. You understand that what you do will have an effect and that you will expand, but we have to always acknowledge that we will never be able to understand it. We'll be able to experience it, mm-hmm. but we can't articulate it. I said mm-hmm. at the beginning of the Divine CEO, I'm going to do my best to articulate this what I'm feeling. Yeah but I know I'm going to fail because it can't be articulated. Yes. There's an old saying, if you see the Buddha on the path, kill the Buddha. And it basically means if you think you know what the fuck you're saying, you're wrong. Yes. You don't. All we can do is use allegories and use parables and use stories and use, like we're talking about the allegory of the nightclub, yeah. the allegory of the, the plug and yeah. all that kind of thing. We try and use things to help people to explain something yes. that, can, that can't be understood but it can be experienced yes so if i was working with you my job wouldn't be to uh, for you for me to be a guru to you or to be a master to you mm-hmm. my job would be to like alex would be to look at you and go this is where i think you need to work yeah and and all i want you to do is work so that you can connect to your own inner guru mm. so what they in judaism they say when you reach a certain point the soul will become your teacher yeah so the soul starts to teach you you start to hear it as a subtle voice. You start to get visions, flashes, directions, and you start to experience um, synchronicity, serendipity, things that you need appear, other things that you don't need will disappear, and you realize that you're at the very center of it, yeah. but it's been orchestrated by a force greater than you, but it's a force that if you surrender to, you are that force. You see what I mean? So it's a greater force than you but you are that force as well. Yeah. So once I plug into the electric, everything becomes the electric, the wire, the radio, everything that it touches yeah. becomes an expression of that. Mm. But it's not the electric, but it is as well. Mm. So it's, it's that sense that um, if, you want to, if we want to um, understand the esoteric, mm. first of all, we have to master the exoteric. Yeah. We have to get control of the physical body. Yeah. You know, so I always say to people, you know, oh, I do, yeah, yeah. Look at, look at the, look I, at, it's making sense for if me this, now. Yeah. If this magic works, yeah, if it works, and it does, if it works, we've got to prove it to ourselves by first of all getting mastery of the body. What uh, Gandhi said was, uh, he said, once we master the senses, we master the senses through the palate. Mm-hmm. Once we master the senses, the senses fall into alignment. We have control of them. Once we master that, once we master the senses, we master the self. Once we master the self, we are masters of the world. Because then what happens around us is determined by us, mm. you know, through us. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So we're no longer, uh, uh, you know, victims to what's going on. We're no longer looking to anyone for anyone to blame. Yeah. And then when you're at that level, if I'm at, so if 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 I've if my parked car is parked outside, you know, my in-laws' house, and I'm inside having a cup of tea, and someone runs into the back of it, my first thought is automatically, where am I out of alignment? Mm. not um i mean this girl ran into my i had a very posh jag some years ago and she ran into it like it was invisible yeah my first thought was i'm out of alignment and that's where we need to be so I'd, obviously i don't Whereas most people's first thought would be oh, what the fuck's she doing car, yeah so your first thought is where i'm out of alignment 
Um, and then you start to look at where you're out of alignment and be brutally honest with yourself and you bring yourself back into alignment. Of course, I don't ring up this, the insurance company and say, listen, metaphysically speaking, <laughs> this is all my fault because I was, I was out of, I'd lost my center. I'd lost homeostasis. So I don't need to claim on this because really I know she ran into me, but it was really my fault. It's yeah. probably a bit of my karma as well. Yeah. You yeah. don't do that. You're still working with the rules of the world, but automatically you're going, the universe is speaking to me. Mm. My energy is speaking to me. Mm-hmm. My guides are speaking to me. Rumble strip. Yeah. Rumble, rumble strip. strip is speaking to me. That's a beautiful analogy. Yeah. It's a great analogy. The rumble strip is speaking um, and I need to listen. Otherwise I'm going to, I'm going to go out of my lane. It's a great, it's actually a really um, good analogy that I think I might use. And claim, <laughs> claim as my own. Yeah, I stole it. From, I stole it from <laughs> someone else anyway. So you're more than welcome. <laughs> you're more than, but I was ready to hear that as well. Like yeah. I was ready to hear that. It started when I hear, and that's why I love analogies so much. Cause it, it, it starts to help it's me make need, sense. Yeah. Ah, it is what I need. Yeah. It's what I what, And some people might get it in a different way, but for me, analogies, I'm like, oh shit. Stories are massive. That makes important. so much sense. Yeah. So, so much sense. Gotta, so it's just about saying to people, win, win your own will back. Mm-hmm. You know, the ego will let you think you've got your will, yeah. and that you own your will. Yeah. I spoke to a, I got a friend of mine who we were talking about alcohol, yeah. and, um, and I'd given it up many, many years ago, 20 years ago, just as, a, as an esoteric exercise yeah. in will. Yeah. I was exercising my will. I thought I was trying to give up alcohol. Yeah. And I was talking to him about it, and he really reacted quite funny to me. And I said, uh, he said, listen, you don't understand, Jeff. He said, I've got control of my alcohol. I just drink on it. He said, I, I've got a, I said, I've got a bottle of wine in the fridge. I'll go in, I'll take a glass, I'll maybe take two. He said, and then I can put half a bottle back in the fridge. Yeah. He said, I won't touch it. I have yeah. complete control of it. I said, oh, is that right? He said, yeah. I said, so, I said, so you're going on holiday on Saturday, aren't you? He goes, yeah, two weeks. I said, don't drink for two weeks. Oh, you, you're, I, if I want to drink when I'm on holiday, suddenly he said, all right, I'm going to go on holiday. I'm going to murder myself. I'll kill myself for two weeks. I will. I'll be dying. I know that. But that's my choice. Yeah. I have control of it. And as soon as he heard his own language and his Defending own rhetoric, it. he realized that he had no control of it at all. Yeah. He had no control of his own will. Yeah. But the ego and this Sita Acra, this negative energy will allow you, wants you to think you've got control. Of course it wants you to. Is that what gives you all the justifications? Yeah, all the justifications, the rationalizations. I mean, looking at yourself is painful. Yeah. I remember reading um, uh, Ginsberg once, who was a great poet, and he said uh, he had an epiphany, and it was one of the beat poets, he had an epiphany in a bookshop. He said, suddenly looked around me, he said, I saw everybody was wearing masks, everybody. He said, but that's not what was disturbing. He said, what was disturbing was that everybody knew yeah. that everybody was wearing masks. Yeah. So what we've got to do, Paul, is be brave enough to be maskless. So when you write a book like The Divine CEO or you write a book like Notes, that, from my perspective, yeah. that's, that's my, my attempt at being maskless. That's my attempt to say, well, you think I'm a hero because I've watched my back, but I was a bully. Yeah. You know, you think I was this moral guy, but actually, you know, I was there was all sorts of murders and, you know, depravities going on in my head. Yeah. You know, you think I'm congruent, but I'm the least congruent man you've ever met. Yeah. So you write a book and say, these are all the things I did. The yeah. only way, the only way to get the shit out of the plumbing is, is to go in and plunge you out. You've got to get it out. It's, it's just cause you wake up and have an epiphany. doesn't mean it's gone. Yeah. You know, I can have an epiphany, but that, you know, all and that those going in and plunging it and pulling it out could look different for, Everybody. Yeah. I'm not saying to people, listen, you've got to go and write a book. You've got to write a book and you've got to confess. Yeah. Well, I'm saying, what are some other ways then? Yeah. Well, you know, just first of all, just admit it to yourself. Mm. Just be honest with yourself and don't, don't wait. You know, don't, um, 
what's the word? Don't wait for, you know, don't wait for a, a cancer diagnosis from a doctor mm. before you start looking at your health. Yes. Look at it now. Look at the way you live. Everybody knows. Everybody really knows. Just look at it now. Don't, don't wait for a crisis because a crisis will wake you up, but it's a very painful way to do it. Yeah. So try and do it pre-crisis. Try and look at your life and go, you know, you know, get con- get control of your body, get control of your life, and start to look at the things that you don't understand. Go in. Don't take yes for an answer. But first of all, just get rid of the gross stuff. Yeah. So we're doing this play with a director called Hamish Glenn, but it's a big, detailed play, and mm. the and the the backstory was based on the Bag of the Gita. So it's quite complicated, but I loved it. It's definitely the- complicated if it's based on the Bag of yeah, the Gita. No, yeah. <laughs> But it's, um, but I mean, of course, the bag of the Gita is what is it about? It's just about winning your will back. Yeah. He's lost his will. He's yeah. lost his center. Yeah. And Krishna's saying, "You've fallen out of alignment. Come back into the center." You know. I love that because I don't need to read it now. Yeah, you, you've got <laughs> it now. <laughs> I've got it. I've got I, it. I read the Gita and I thought, oh, "I've done it. I've read it." And then, yeah. it, then it said, "This is a chapter from the Mahabharata." <laughs> so I thought, oh, "I better read the Mahabharata then." So yeah. I read the Mahabharata. And it's a big chunk of a book, and I thought. I'm really pleased with myself. I've read the Mahabharata. Yeah. And at the end, it said, this is this is just a chapter from the Sri Mad Bhagavatam. Oh, holy shit. So my kids bought me the Sri Mad Bhagavatam, yeah. which was um, 15 volumes. Holy shit. By so I, I, gave, I stopped working for a bit and just read full time. And I read the Sri Mad Bhagavatam. I said, no, I really am finished. <laughs> and I read it at the end of it. It said, this is just a section of the, of the Vedas. Really? Which is 500,000 verses. Um, so it's never ending. Yeah. And, and of course, with each of those books, there is the exegesis. There are books, you know, like the, the, the Bhagavatam. The moment I finished the Bhagavatam, I attracted a Hindu teacher. Yeah. It just appeared in my life. And the moment I attracted him, he told me two things that I needed to work on. Two things that I knew I wasn't working on and that I'd been ignoring. And he, he didn't know that. He just knew, he just, he just, I was attracted to him because I'd read the Bag of a Town. Mm-hmm. Most of his followers had never read the Bag of a Town because mm-hmm. it's a big study. Mm-hmm. So he gave me these two tips and he introduced me to a, um, a Hindu temple in London. So I started to attend that. Um, and they led me on to the, you know, the Yoga Vashishta. And if you read the Yoga Vashishta, which is, which is one, of the, one of the kind of commentaries on, on, uh, on you know, the Bag of a Town, um, the Yoga Vashishta is just this incredible book that I could only read a bit at a time because it was like the multi, it was talking about the multiverse. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, it was like scientific yeah. stuff, stuff about the multiverse was only really discovered in the early fifties. Yeah. This was written 4,000 years ago and it was a book about the multiverse, about multiple realities. And it, it really made me unsteady. Mm. I've, I've got cognitive dissonance. Yeah. Dude, isn't it mad that, that I, I was thinking about this the other day, a lot of the things that I do in my life now a few years ago i'd have been like that is yeah utter hippie bullshit yoga yeah, yeah. even brazilian jiu-jitsu what men cuddling each other in pajamas yeah all that kind of yeah, shit i'd be yeah. like I'd la- everything that i do now a few years ago i would have completely dismissed what's that about well it's, it's a house ghost the ignorant you know the house ghost you've ever if you heard of a house even ghost. meditation no i've never yeah. heard of house ghost now well, meditation house, house yoga ghost, all of that house ghost is house ghost is, is something is, is a is a ghost that they put out the front of a house to stop mm-hmm. people who are entering unless they're really serious so you go and go i'm gonna have a look around this house yeah and you see this ghost and you go fucking hell there's a ghost so you yeah. run off yeah the house ghost so when we pick up a bible our conditioning the ego which is a house ghost will go don't read that's fucking shit it's yeah that's me it's all bullshit so we don't go into these hidden books. Yeah. We don't find the esoteric secrets. 
because the house ghost scares us away. If we want to go into it, we have to absorb the house ghost. We have to go through that fear. We have to sit in that fear. We have to absorb 99% of it. Then we're in the house. Yeah. And we can start accessing the 99 rooms. I was talking about Hamish Glenn. What I loved about Hamish on this play, all the actors wanted to go into the minutiae of the character. They wanted to go into the detail. What's he say this for? And why does he do that? Hamish just goes, we're just going to do it in big blocks. Mm -hmm. This is, this is what you're going to say. Mm-hmm. That's your job. You learn that. And we, you're going to move from here to here when you say that. Yeah. You're going to move from there to there when you say that. Yeah. That's the thing. And they're going, yeah. Yeah, but what about the detail? We'll do the detail later. Mm-hmm. So we look at the big stuff. So we start with the things that are obvious. I'm losing my temper in my car. I have no control. So we, yeah. we, I, used to, I used to masturbate about my temper. I used to be, oh, yeah, I've got a bad temper. Be careful with me. It was yes. a big thing. Then when Don't I realized I was yeah. like a puppet, that any, anybody that drove past could steal my will by just beeping a horn. A little horn beep and my will was gone. I'd lost my will. I'd lost my autonomy. Yeah. My kingdom was stolen and invaded by trillions of stress hormones that badly affected my body because somebody pressed a little buzzer. Fucking hell. So you go, okay, let's start on that. I'm struggling with road rage. What does that mean? Um, it means I've got no control of my will. You think you've got control of your will, but somebody... Uh, drops a nice comment and, and you you feel splendid all day. Yeah. Later on, just as you're going to go to sleep, you read it again. Somebody drops a negative comment. You can't fucking sleep. Yeah. Who, who, who's in control of your will? Mm. Not you. Mm. So that's shocking to read. Yeah, it is. Gurdjieff told me that. I read yeah. 1,500 pages of the hardest fucking book in the world. <laughs> um, uh, Beelzebub's tells to his grandson. And right at, I didn't understand any of it. And right at the end, he just said, oh, oh you people of the world. You men of the world, you think you you think you've got self control, and I thought I was in charge. And he said, in one phone call, he said, you can be destroyed for the day. Someone takes your autonomy from the day, and I thought I nearly threw it overboard. It was so rude, it was so raw, and so true of me. Yeah. I had no control at all. So it's saying, win your will back, get your will back. You are in a kingdom. You've woke up. Well done. You're reading me. You've woke up. Well done. But don't be in too much of a hurry to put yourself too far ahead yeah. because you're still controlled by your sensual body. So Hamish said, let's just look at the big stuff. Yeah. Let's get the big stuff. Let's get all the big stuff in place. Let's get the losing our temper. Yeah. Let's, got, let's get all of the stuff where we're spending more than we're earning or we're yeah. lazy yeah. Or, or we're eating, you know, we're eating shit. We're eating yeah. too much, yeah. you know? Um, and someone mentioned meditation and we go, one of my friends said to me some time ago, um, fucking sit insane on. <laughs> when there's kids being raped in the world. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you're watching sexual pornography. Yeah. Um, and these kids are being raped on the screen and you're masturbating to them. You think yeah. they're there from their own free will. Yeah. These kids are hijacked. Yeah. These kids have no will at all. Yeah. They're not there because they want to be there. Yeah. This is depravity. Yeah. You're watching it. You are contributing to the rapes in the world every time you watch this stuff. But that's a hard thing to look at. Yeah, it is. It means taking away your pleasures. Yeah. It means recognising that you're not even... Not that you're not awake, but you have got no control of yourself at all. Mm. And it's not, he doesn't think he's got, not got control of himself because he thinks he's free will to watch this stuff. But he's not, he's not actually tracing uh, the history back to these films yeah. and how they're made and, and the abuse that goes on yeah. and, um, and how these kids are possessed, you know. And, and we, we have an idea that this is a grown woman and they've made a decision, but that's someone's child. Yeah. You know, when I battered people on nightclub doors, I wasn't, I wasn't battering a husband mm-hmm. or a father or a son or a brother 
or uncle. Oh, I was battering monsters. Yeah. Because that's what my ego said. This guy's a monster. Mm. He's dangerous. He's going he's gonna to try and get in your pants. He's going to try and hurt you. Mm-hmm. He's going to damage you. He's going to kill you. So get in first. Mm. Don't even talk. Don't even don't even do the kissing stuff and get a bit of negotiation going on. Just twat him. Yeah. And when he falls down, stamp on his head. Yeah. So that when he does wake up, people will say, "Don't go back and fight him again." He jumped on your head when you was unconscious. Yeah. Or stamp on his ribs, yeah. so that he might want to come back for another fight, but he won't come back for another fight because he's injured. Yeah. I mean, I was just a, I was just ignorant. I was a brute. I was I had no control at all. Yeah. But that was the first part of me waking up was mm. to was to be in these fights and then feel the stab of conscience afterwards and the terror of killing somebody. Mm. And then, but then I'll kind of wash it off. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as you start to study more and expand more and you start to question it and, and then you're walking down, you know, so the universe is recognizing that you're looking at the hidden realm, the yeah. hidden works, and you're walking down the street and you see a guy who the night before you battered and he's walking down the street with his wife. He's got a pram. He's got a little girl holding this arm of the pram. He's got a little girl holding that arm of the pram. Mm. He's pushing the pram. His wife is walking behind him, surveying what's left of her husband's face. Mm. Man, that was so upsetting. Yeah. So upsetting. Yeah. Because I, 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 he was a monster. Mm. No, he wasn't. He was a factory worker. Yeah. And he's got to try and explain to his wife, you know, what happened to him? And I'm looking at what I did the night before. So full He's of remorse. He's got to explain to them girls as well. So full of remorse. He's a yeah. daddy. You yeah. know? It's, easy to, it's easy to batter a monster. Yeah. It's easy to masturbate over sexual pornography yeah. when you think it's a, an adult making a, an adult decision. Yeah. When you recognise it's somebody's child, mm. it may, they may be in an adult body, or when you recognise that's somebody's daddy, yeah. you, know, you, you start to be careful about every single thing you do. Mm. This is what happened to um, uh, Buckminster Fuller who was one of the greatest um, inventors of his generation. He got to the age of 40 and recognised he hadn't really done anything. Mm-hmm. And the only times he'd been successful was when he um, spontaneously did acts of kindness for other people without thinking about himself. Yeah. Yeah. And he had, a, he had a breakdown. His daughter died and he had a breakdown. And he, he, said, he said, suddenly realised that the only time he was successful was when he would done things from a place of kindness. So he said, from now on, all I'm going to do is things that serve millions of people. That's all I'm going to do. Mm. And he, said, and he said, I didn't speak for a year because I recognised the power of speech. He said, I recognised how many people, I'm paraphrasing, but I recognised how many people are damaged with my talking, yes. with my unconscious, ignorant talking, how many people I'd hurt. And a lot of people I knew I was hurting them when I was saying it as well. Yeah. He said, so I didn't speak for a year. He said, I didn't speak until I knew what I was talking about. Mm. And then everything he did came from a place of kindness. Mm. So that's what I was going to say to you about, the kids watching this, if, yeah. if it all feels complicated, yeah. just come back to a place of, am I working yes. from a place of kindness? Yeah. Is this coming from a place of kindness? If it's not coming from a place Both of kindness. to yourself. Yeah. For yourself as well. But if it's not coming from a place of kindness, it's not coming from you. Yeah. It's coming from a subpersonality. Wow. It's coming from a pain body. It's wow. coming from um, an imposter. Yeah. If it comes from an uncommon place, it's not human. It yeah. might be in the animal realm. Yeah. It might be in the vegetable realm, but it's not coming from the human realm. Because in the human realm... The human realm um, can't sit side by side with anything unkind. Mm. Everything comes from a place of kindness because it comes from kindness. And kindness and compassion is God. That's what God is. Mm-hmm. The omniscient, the omnipotent, the omnipresent is compassion. In, in, um, in Islam, they, they call it uh, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahman. 
which means compassion. Mm-hmm. God, the all-compassionate one. Wasn't there a study done? I, I remember talking about this last month, actually. There was a, the, I'm sure there was a study done saying that the biggest, it was like a happiness study or something, and I think the biggest trait that people had who were the happiest people on earth was compassion? Yeah, compassion is one of the words in the in the in the, the Quran. Uh, they said there's 99 names for Allah in the Quran, um, and the biggest one is compassion. And they are seen as attributes or remedies. Mm-hmm. So we see it as a religious book or a dogma, but it's not. It's actually a book of the Quran is a book of remedies. You can get certain words that have certain vibrations. Well, bro, this is crazy. Well, you're talking about meditation. The word Om in my meditation. I've worked with the Ashayas, and one of my, they call it an attitude, is om compassion. Yeah. That's mad, isn't it? Yeah, so when you... when you What does it mean, compassion? It means, it means that you're literally downloading God. You're downloading the energy, the perfect homeostasis. You're, it's actually a remedy. So the 99 names can all, be re, can all be related back to the one name, which is compassion. Yeah. So you're taking in... If you imagine your body's full of viruses, mm-hmm. full of parasites... When you take in this one, this absolute, this indivisible energy called compassion, mm-hmm. it is an antivirus. That's what it is. So it's not. It isn't like um, you know this guy's religious and he's make you know and he's um, you know he's praying praying five times a day or, yes. or you know it seems foreign to us. Yes, this is actually someone that's just connected to the panacea, the antivirus. Mm. So we're taking in compassion. When we take in compassion. We are taking in, we're taking in God. Yeah. God's a clumsy name for it, but there isn't mm. really a good name for it. So yeah. I could say we're taking in the universe, but, it's, but it sounds very new age. Yeah. And I could say we're taking in consciousness, but it sounds quite scientific. Yes. So I'm, I'm, interested if, I'm interested if people are watching this and they're offended by the word God, great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm your teacher today. Yeah. You're welcome. Because <laughs> <laughs> if, a, if, a, if a little word can yeah. trigger something in you, yes. then I'm showing you where there's a block. Yeah. And we can investigate that block. That if I, if I if you if you have a, like a someone interviewed me the other day, and he said I watched you on London Real, mm-hmm. and he said and as soon as you started speaking, he said I started crying. He said you hit something, and then about five minutes in, I thought he said I thought who the fuck is this twat? What does he know? <laughs> he said no, I switched it off and went away. He said and then, then I sat there and thought, what's it? What is it about this guy that's wound me up? Yeah, and he recognised I was a teacher for him. Yeah. So I triggered something in that he didn't want to look at. So he came back on and he listened to it. And he realized that I'd, what the reaction he had was an obscuration that he needed to clear. So that contains consciousness. It's hidden within that. So he ended up coming and, and doing a podcast with me. That's amazing. Dude, that is amazing. Yeah, I know. It was really good. So, um, so compassion is um, the absolute. Yeah. So it's something that is indivisible. It's not separate. It's not divided. It's the absolute. So we're yeah. taking the absolute. If you have yeah. got the absolute, um, there's no room in, in your body, in your life for illness, for ailments, no need for remedies, you know, no need for anything. Everything is just absolute. And we're just walking through this paradise. So that's the aim. Dude, that's amazing. And do you know what? I could talk to Jeff for like, we could do a week long podcast. <laughs> But mate, honestly, if we're finishing on the absolute, the end and compassion, what a great place to fucking finish, mate. What, where can the guys find out more about you? Because like I say, the reason I wanted you on was for one, a selfish as fuck reason. Uh, Two, 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 for the other reason, which is more people, I'm, I'm blessed to be the guy that's going to tell more people about you, your message and your knowledge. So where can people find out more about you and get more of this fucking gold, mate? But the, the, 
I've, the only place I've got online is, is a, I've got an Instagram page that mm-hmm. is run, run for me by uh, a girl called Gabriella. Yeah. Um, so all my current stuff is on there. All yeah. my, all my output is on there. Yeah. Where, which book would you have people start with who've just heard of you? Um, I think you said it earlier on. I think Warrior is Warrior is fucking incredible. Yeah. Especially for the guys that are listening to you, me. Because the language is... It's, uh, it's, mm, it's, it's, it is, mate. The language is at the level street, that I... Yeah. yeah, the language is for the guys that are listening. You've got to go get this book because yeah. I was saying to Jeff, I've listened to it twice. The first time I was in a low place. The second time I was where I'm at right now, it was last year. And I feel like I didn't even read it the first time. I got so much... It was like reading two different books. It was incredible. Yeah. Um, so I'd strongly me- recommend um, Warrior and your new book... Yeah, we've got there's this one called Notes from a Factory Floor, which is yep. just that, and then there's the Divine CEO. Yeah. Um, so, if they're listening to this podcast, yeah. something will their intuition will already talk to them and 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 hopefully lead them towards a book. Yeah. But I've I've seen a lot of people have transformations with um, with the vibration of Warrior. Warrior is at yeah. a good vibration. Yes. Um, so I would say that's that's a book I like to give people a lot. If they want something even simpler, The Elephant in the Twig yes. is, a really, is a really good book to look at. Yeah. If you feel as though things aren't right and it's not your fault, have a look at The Elephant in the Twig because yeah. you'll open the pages and it'll slap you across the gob and say, <laughs> down to you, do the work. Actually, I'm going to give a shout out because I just remembered who sent me this book, a guy called Dean Coulson, who I'm oh, sure you Dean, know very yeah, well. One of my old friends. Dean sent me Warrior. In fact, it wasn't even 2016. I would say it was when I was living in Marbella, which was 2014. And that was when I was at my suicidal tendencies. That's when I first started showing them. Yeah. That's probably why it, when I read it again last year, it felt like a new, because I'm a new person. Well, you've seen it in a different light because every every book. Has... I read that one in the dark. Yeah. 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 I've read that one in the dark when I was in a dark place. Yeah. yeah. And I read it last year when I'm starting to see some kind of light in my own life. Yeah. Well, every book you read has multiple meanings. And the, <laughs> the meaning will, it's what, there's an old saying that, um, uh, everyone that reads the Quran writes the Quran. So, in other words, when you what you're reading is you're reading at your level. Um, so, as mm. you read it and it's a different book, it's because you've expanded to another level. Yeah. Um, and then if you read it again later um, and it's different again, feels like I've put glasses on now. Yeah. Feels like I've changed the glasses and my glasses are more powerful now. Yeah. And I really got it the second time. Way more. The, the potential to be kind is infinite. Yeah. It's p- the potential to work from compassion. And the moment we start working from compassion. Um, we start to attract all the right energies towards us because they will recognize an aligned energy and they will head towards you. They'll rush towards you. So it's that sense, what they say, you know, you you take one step towards me, I'll take 10 steps towards you. So the moment we start to work from a place of kindness and compassion, especially with the people who most challenge us, then we'll start to attract the right energies. And if if people challenge us and people um, trigger our adrenals, Mm -hmm. people... You know, trigger our endocrine system where people make us angry. They're our teachers. That's Amazing. a hard thing to look at, but they're Amazing. our teachers. Mate, Jeff Thompson, holy fucking shit. Thank you. Mate, wow. <laughs> Incredible. Mate. Uh, thank, 